0: Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live.
1: And again, welcome to Bob Bernie Live. It is, well, it's about six minutes after the top of the hour in Columbus, Ohio. And what a coincidence! It's about six minutes after the top of the hour in Tampa, Florida, as well. As we did a few days last week, we are simulcasting today. I have the privilege of doing my program, Bob Brady, live in Columbus, Ohio, but occasionally I also have the privilege of filling in for Bill Bunkley, my dear friend, in Tampa, Florida, and uh, today is one of those days. And... Uh, Bill Bunkley and I have a a mutual admiration society going on. We really do. I have enormous respect for Bill, and uh, any time I have the opportunity to fill in for him, I count it a great honor and a great privilege. Uh, Bill Bunkley is just an unbelievably talented talk show host and communicator, And uh, he is away from the microphone, getting some days off. Good for him. And uh, so we are simulcasting today. But my telephone number remains the same. 877-BOB-LIVE. 877-262-5483. Just one other Education story, public school story, we were talking about that before the break. Uh, In many cases, I don't know about your school district, and I think many of your districts in Florida tend to be a little more conservative than our districts here in Ohio. Now, we have some conservative districts here in Ohio as well. But as you look across America... The public school system in America is not the friend of parents. In many cases, they're the enemy of parents. Sad wasn't always that way. I think that's why we call them public schools. Uh, They are no longer public schools. Many, 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 I don't know that I could say most, but many school districts across America do not want parental involvement. Oh, they want to bring snacks for birthdays, although it has to be healthy, gluten free, and all that stuff. Uh, they want to help in the fundraisers for the athletics department. As, but as far as input into curriculum, what's going on in the classroom, leave us alone. We're the professionals. We are the ones hired to take care of your children. You trust us. Drop them off or put them on the bus in the morning and just trust us. We don't want to hear from you. We don't want you involved because we are the professionals. That is the attitude, sadly, all across America. Well, the state of Oregon is even farther left than a lot of other places. The Oregon Department of Education has come up with new guidelines for their teachers. The guidelines are titled, and I quote, Supporting Gender Expansive Students' Guidance for Schools. It is an in-depth 48-page document It tells students and teachers and administrators how to hide the gender identity of students from their parents, as well as pushing a woke ideology about queer theory, etc., etc., etc. No, it really does instruct kids how to hide things from their parents, and it gives explicit instructions to teachers and administrators as to how they can help the students hide things from their parents. Here is just one tiny little part of it, okay? Quote, Students who are not publicly asserting their authentic gender identity Now, let me stop and editorialize just for a moment. I'll not editorialize, interpret. Students who are not publicly asserting their authentic gender identity. What does that mean? Authentic gender identity. Feelings and emotions that are separate from reality. A boy who is a boy, biologically, anatomically born a boy, who fantasizes about being a female because of social media pressure, peer pressure at school, because it is the latest, greatest fad, not because there is any scientific basis for it at all. None, zero, zip, zilch, nada. No scientific evidence. It is purely emotion. As silly as it sounds, it would be like a. Well, let's see. What what grade was I in when I wanted to be a cowboy? Oh my goodness! I was into Roy Rogers. I was into Hopalong Cassidy. I was into uh, all of that stuff. Uh, Gene Autry. Uh, let me see. Let me let me think real quick. That was um, second grade. Second grade. For Christmas I got the whole cowboy outfit. I got the twin six shooters. You know, both of them one on each side and I had the cowboy hat and the chaps and the leather vest and so forth and that's I wanted to be a cowboy. I was convinced. Can can you imagine? Me going to school, telling a teacher, I want to be a cowboy, but I don't want my parents to know it. So I'm going to hide here at school, my cowboy hat, my six shooters, and blah, and the teacher going, yeah, we we won't tell your parents. I promise you. Are you kidding? Tell me the difference. There is no difference. There is no difference. All right. I'm sorry. Back to the Supporting Gender Expansive Students Guidance for Schools, and I quote from the 48-page document, adopted by, this is not some local school district, this is the Oregon Department of Education, quote, students who are not publicly asserting their authentic gender identity may have privacy concerns about students, school staff, community members, or their families. Finding out before they are ready to share their true identity more widely. Parents and family support is the goal when supporting gender-expansive students, but may not be possible in all situations. We like it when parents understand and support the kids, but that's not always possible. And if the parents don't support the child's fantasy, because that's what it is, folks. Please, let's get real. Let's get factual. This is fantasy. I'm a boy, but I think I'm a girl. I'm a girl, but I think I'm a it's a fantasy. Children live in fantasy worlds. That's not that unusual. And so this handbook says, well, we yeah, it's our goal to get parents involved, but sometimes, sometimes we have to hide it from the parents for the child's own good. Additionally, the guide says that the school district will offer gender-affirming clothing to students who want to dress like the opposite gender as they were born without their parents knowing. This is happening all over the country. Yeah, a little boy goes to school, teacher dresses the little boy in a dress from a closet in the classroom and the parents don't even know about it yeah be sure you know what's going on in your child's school make sure you know
0: Today's news, God's Word, and your thoughts. This is Bob Bernie Live.
1: All right, a little bit of my uh, favorite pet peeve. Well, one, I I have a bunch of pet peeves. I would imagine you do as well. And uh, one of them is... um, the lottery and the mega millions and, 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 and all of that. Um, are you going to lose your salvation and miss out on heaven if you play the lottery? Of course not. Of course not. But this is just personal, all right? This is personal for me, editorial. I don't know how other people feel, but I plead with you. Don't be involved in gambling of any kind. Now, I, I realize many of, you, many of you are saying, I just play a couple dollars here, two or three dollars here, five dollars, ten dollars. You know, it's just entertaining, and who knows? I could win. What's the harm in dropping a few bucks here or there? And I don't know that I can argue with you. But you know, what's the harm? Except... If you buy one ticket, you are supporting what is, in my opinion, an evil industry. And, and why do I bring this up? Because the Mega Millions jackpot is now nearly a billion dollars again. It was not long ago that it was almost, well, in fact, it went over a billion dollars. Remember how long it used to take to get up to 300 million? It might be weeks. Why is it the the jackpot increasing so quickly now? Because more people are playing. Why are more people playing? Because the economy is bad. The worse the economy gets, more people play. Now, here is the sad reality. And we can debate all day long about the morality of gambling and so on. and I'm not even talking about that. Here is the reality. The less people can afford to gamble, the more they gamble. So when the economy is really good, I don't need to I mean I don't need to play the lottery. When they could actually afford to drop 10, 20, 30 or a 100 bucks. They don't do it when they can't afford it. You can't put food on the table. That's when, shall I say it? Yeah. Weak. Pardon me. But that's when weak people play the lottery or gamble or whatever. And I've said this hundreds of times. And my listeners are probably sick and tired of it. Gambling is the only industry that I know of that is built completely on losing and losers. It is designed for losers. It is aimed at losers. It is promoted to losers. Gambling of all kinds. Cannot succeed unless more people lose than win. I know of nothing that is completely and totally dependent upon losing and losers in order to be a success. So the jackpot is nearing $1 billion and people are going to waste, completely waste, because the overwhelming majority the percentage is astronomical, won't get a thing. They won't win a thing. State lotteries, folks, are not run by generous people who want to give you money. Please understand that. State lotteries are not run by wonderful, generous people who sit around trying to decide how they can give wonderful people more money. No, 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 no. They sit behind closed doors and try to figure out ways to get more people to waste their money. Because again, the more people who lose, the greater the success of the gambling. Let me give you some statistics. The average adult in the United States spends $325 every year on lottery tickets. I had no idea. I had no clue. That's the average. The average American adult spends $325 per year on lottery tickets. Now, what about some statistics? Well, let me just give you South Carolina for an example because I got their statistics really easy. In South Carolina... Households making under $40,000 a year made up 53% of the state's lottery players. People making under $40,000 a year made up 53% of lottery players in South Carolina. Now, Only 28% of South Carolina lives under $40,000. And we know how difficult it is for a family to live on $40,000 now. So we have 28% of the state population that live on under $40,000, and yet they made 53% of those who bet in the lottery. You ready for this? Households earning under $13,000 per year. That's a thousand bucks a month. They spent nine percent of their income on lottery tickets. Households making a thousand dollars a month spent nine percent of their income. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of studies indicating that those who can afford it the least gamble the most. Now, for me, this is something you will have to determine for yourself, and I'm not going to judge you, and I mean this. If you just, for fun, go out and put down 10 bucks on Mega Million Jackpot You have just supported an industry that is preying on poor people and minorities. And that is a fact, an indisputable fact. Gambling preys on poor and often minority families. You take away poor people and minorities, the lottery Will fold. Ah, It's fun to put down just a few bucks. Okay. All right. I can't argue with that. And if you can afford it, okay. But do you really want to support something that is destroying so many lives? For me, I, I don't want to. I don't want to support it. End of sermon.